growing up, I always wanted to see more people who look like me that were successful. Can I afford to take a risk to follow my dreams? We are excited to bring you the Make Your Mark podcast, hosted by philanthropist Kim Niles. The Make Your Mark podcast allows you to hear personal stories of resilience by professionals and public figures of color. Our guests unapologetically share their triumphs, lessons learned, and how they found balance in their experiences. Tune in to equip yourself with strategies and coping mechanisms on how to boldly make your mark. Subscribe and listen now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make Your Mark show. So we are here. We have a different setting today. We have a beautiful guest in the house. My name is Kim Niles, and I'm going to be your host for today. So we are going to be taking you on a journey of the beautiful, beautiful Tabia Charles Collins. Welcome, Tabia. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Yes coming out here on this evening and really having an intimate conversation that we're about to have. Exactly. So Tabia is not just any gal just sitting here with us. She is an Olympian. She's represented Canada in the Beijing Olympics yeah. in 2008. 2008, yes. Awesome. And aside from that, she has her master's as well in industrial relations, relations yes. and HR. Uh -huh which is amazing. Thank so it's so not just you're on the track, yes. but you know, okay. kind of the theme I had going for today with you was kind of like from the track to the runway. hundred percent. So <laughs> you're wearing this beautiful blazer. Thank you so much. Designed by yourself. Designed by yours truly. Yes. From Anissa. Yes, exactly. So what I loved with reading your bio was that Anissa is actually your middle name spelled backwards so yes. your middle name's Hasina. yes it is so i love that thank you i thought it was just so amazing <laughs> to so see how creative you actually even got with that piece yes, yes. and you know seeing that it ha also has a, a beautiful meeting in swahili and yes. egyptian yes it does so that's amazing so welcome to the show and you know why don't we start off with you kind of telling us a little bit about how you got into first becoming an athlete for sure and and then we'll take it and we'll kind of go through your journey from there. Okay, amazing. So, of course, as any young girl, I tried all different kinds of sports. You know, I did dancing, piano, basketball, volleyball, soccer, everything. Um, I happened to just kind of grow into a track and field athlete. So I was playing soccer first and um, a coach reached out to my father was like, your daughter's so fast. Why not put her in track and field? And so I got into track and fields. Um, I think it was about maybe grade, I would say grade five. And from there, it just kind of went uphill, started competing at international meets um, and just doing really well. You know, um, did a lot better than I thought I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of seeing like my progress and all the great things that were happening for me at a young age. Um, just decided to, you know, let's focus on track. You know, we'll put all the other things aside. And, you know, when I got to grade nine, it was kind of just more of a focus on track and fields. Um, and you know, that's the time when scholarships start to come around and things like that. So yeah, from there, went to University of Miami, got a full ride, full scholarship there. Okay. Um, such a great experience. So, um, it was a four-year scholarship. I graduated in three years. Um, then once I finished competing, um, at the University of Miami, graduated, 
came back home to Canada and um, decided to start competing professionally for Canada and for Nike. Wow. Wow. How was it competing in at such a level? Like, you know, we think of just going to a regular game and, and playing a game. And, but what does it feel like to actually compete in like such a foreign country, first of all, but just to be on that level, what does that feel like? You know, to be honest with you, it was like, you know, I didn't, even at a young age, like I've always wanted to travel the world. And I, of course, like you dream of these things, you don't know how it's going to happen, where you're going to go. With track and field, it took me to places I only imagined, to Greece, to India, to wherever it was. And to be able to go there, see the world and also like compete with the best, such a great feeling. And of course, like now when I look back, I think I took that experience for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just going there competing with the best and, you know, doing my best. Um, such a such a humbling experience. And I'm so excited to kind of talk to other young people who are, you know, also aspiring athletes. But honestly, it, it was it was such a great time of my life. And there's times I wish I could go back and relive mm-hmm. all of that again. Um, but definitely a great experience for sure. Awesome. Yeah. So what would you say one of your biggest accomplishment, accomplishments were? Um, I know before we started the show, you were telling me something about the Hall of Fame. Hey, yes. <laughs> so what now, obviously, that doesn't necessarily have to be yours. For but sure, right. what was some what was one of your biggest accomplishments that like literally this is something that you look to all the time and you're like, oh my God, was that me? For sure. Um, so such a good question. You know, like, people ask me that and I often, you know, I, I'm in a daze like, what's my greatest accomplishment? Um, one of my greatest accomplishments for sure was um, graduating um, in three years um, from the University of Miami. So I've, of course I competed full-time and I was an athlete full uh, athlete full-time and academics full-time. And so graduating in three years, but also getting the NCAA championship yes. that year, um, for me, that was a great, a great accomplishment for me. Um, also making the Olympic team was one of, I think one of like the, one of the greatest milestones in my life. You know, as a kid, I always say, I want to go to the Olympics. I want to be, but you know, you say those things not really knowing if it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so, but when I jumped that a, that Canadian standard and, you know, I was, you know, I was told that I made it on the Olympic team, mm-hmm. you know, definitely was a great, such a beautiful experience for me. And just to go there, be in the bird's nest, have people chanting your name. Wow. Yeah, it was a, such a great feeling. And um, what's crazy now is that, so after the Olympics, I, I was injured very badly um, and I couldn't come back to compete and I really wanted to. <clears throat> so for years and years, um, I kind of like had that burden on me of like disappointment, you know, mm-hmm. not being able to come back and do great things at London Olympics because I was stronger I was faster and so getting the call late last year that I made the you know that I've been that they're they want me to be inducted into the Miami Hall of Fame mm-hmm. you know it kind of that burden that I had all these years about not going to the next level of really showing the world what I have it kind of made me feel so good to know that all of that hard work wasn't in vain and although I didn't you know do what I wanted to in Beijing or you know I was injured and couldn't go on to London Olympics mm-hmm. you know being inducted into the Hall of Fame at University of Miami is definitely something that I'm so thankful for. Wow. I am so proud of you. Like, that's amazing. Cause you know, one of the things that people tend to struggle with, and I know I struggle with sometimes is like, you wonder, is anyone hearing me? No, right. Like, <laughs> knock, knock. Yeah, exactly. Like, is anyone here? Like, right. you know, so I mean, I, I totally get, you know, when you got that call, that feeling is like, right. wow, like I still do matter. A hundred percent. Right. Because for a long time, it's like, I think I'm, am I relevant now? You know, like after you, Mm -hmm. you know, you stop competing and, you know, the attention isn't the same like what it used to be, you know, like you're traveling and you're meeting people and people are cheering for you. And so 
after that, it's kind of, you know, I feel like I became like just a regular person. Yeah. I wish nothing wrong with that, but it was no more of like the traveling and competing at big meets and being on the world stage. And so flexible for a long time. Like I carried that burden up and like people still know who I am. People still remember what I've done. And that showed me that you weren't forgotten. So all the hard work that you've done and all your accomplishments from track and field, you know, they mattered. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. So you know, you, you just touched on a really good point about, you know, wondering if, if you mattered or am I relevant? Were there ever times in the sport that you felt that you weren't relevant? Oh, most definitely. Like, of course there's times where, you know, most athletes go through stages, right? Where you're either doing really, really well, or you hit a peak. And there was times where I wasn't competing at my best or there were things going on around me. I didn't have a coach or my coach mm-hmm. wasn't there, you know, just different things that, um, and I wasn't competing at parts where I should have been. And of course, you know, you see other people doing amazing things and it's like, why am I still at this level? Mm-hmm. And so, but something definitely did change for me. And, um, you know, I, my coach came back from Russia. Um, we were just, everything was just going so awesome. I was jumping better. I felt good. And so that feeling of not, feeling like I was relevant. I mean, it was short-lived, right? Like you go through that little phase, but then you got to get at that misery and kind of do what you have to do. So yeah, I've been there before. I've been there before many times in my life, right? Am I, am I relevant? Um, like what does it even mean? Like I'm relevant to who? To, yep, that's right? Like yep. we can be relevant to ourselves more than anything, but um, you know, we, we tend to add so much value on what, on what other people think of us. Yeah. So this is what makes us go crazy sometimes. But however, um, yeah, I went through that phase and quickly got out. Um, but of course, like I said, you know, I was working hard. I was feeling strong, um, but just got injured and, and couldn't quite get over that injury. Well, that was an amazing introduction into kind of your world, yes. right? As an athlete. Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about Anissa now. Oh, God, lovely. And let's speak with Anissa. Anissa is almost like, I kind of feel like I'm training for the Olympics again. You know, it's yeah. start from the ground up. Um, so I feel every day. Yeah. <laughs> So Anissa, as you know, is my name, Hasina, spelled backwards. Yeah. Um, my father and my brother named me as a child. And so I just Aww. always have loved that name. Um, but anyways, I've always wanted to do fashion. Like even when I was competing, I competed in fishnets. You know, like I was always trying I to- I saw stand. that. When I Googled you, I'm like, is she in fishnets? I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yes, I was. So I've always loved fashion from a young age. And and as confident as I was with like as an athlete, as who I am, I just I you know, you always feel like, but can I really do fashion like on that stage? And mm-hmm. so for years and years and years, you know, I've always had this dream of like, you know, I made my own clothes sometimes, and like I would create my own things. Um, but definitely just took some years to kind of get the confidence to say, hey, I want to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so I started out with, with skirts. I love skirts. So like high-waisted skirts with slits. You know, yeah. I, I, I had made one for myself a long time ago. People loved it. I went to LA and they loved it. They're like, where can we buy this? And so that showed me that, listen, like maybe I can really do something with fashion. Um, and so when Anissa really hit the ground running was I was on mat leave. And I was like, oh my God, I do not want to go back to work. Like, I want to <laughs> stay home here with my child and yeah. enjoy my family, you know? And so... I launched it while on that leave and it was just like the feedback was amazing. It was overwhelming. Um, the sales were coming. It was great. And so from there I was like, you know what? Like, this is my time. This is my time more than ever. Then I got laid off and it was like, listen, the universe is sending me some signs that you've got to do your own thing. Do what you're passionate about. Do what you love. And it has never felt better. 
And I feel like it's just going to go up from here. Yeah. So literally, we are going from the track to the runway. (laughs) (laughs) So we are going to take a quick break and we will be back shortly. Looking to consolidate your debt? In the market to purchase your first home? Interested in acquiring an investment property? Look no further. More Freedom is here to serve you. We aim to furnish our clients with the power and the confidence over their finances and a sense of accomplishment of taking the first step to get there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at I Want More Freedom. And you can always connect with us via our website at morefreedom.ca. Hello, and we are back. And today we have the beautiful Tavia Charles Collins in the house. Tavia, your story is simply amazing. And what I love most about it is the fact that you took all the discipline is what I'm hearing from you that you learned from sports and you're now transferring that into your own business. Yes. Necessary. Right. And you, you're also seeing every day as being a full-time entrepreneur, how much discipline comes into play. How much for it? Of course. Right. It's so funny. This morning I got an email from a young lady saying to me, you know, I saw you out at a university last week speaking. I'm interested in being an entrepreneur and I just want to know where to start. I felt like responding saying (laughs) self-discipline because really that is like the root of it all. And you know, it's clear in listening to your story that it's something that you're also taking into your business right now. So I want to kind of get into the, the resiliency piece of, you know, your journey for sure. So being that you were in athletics, yes, which is sometimes very much a male dominated environment. Yes, yes, yes. How did you handle that in showing up in that space sometimes as a female, predominantly a female of color? No, for sure. Great question. You know, um, so of course, I mean, yes, I mean, track and field we know is, you know, it's the men dominate that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. although it's like, it's a mixed sports and women still do amazing, men do amazing. They're out to see the men run the hundreds and run the the certain events and so on. Um, But to be honest with you, I've never felt like inferior, I've never felt, you know, um, I never felt any, like any shyness or any issues being in that space. Um, of course, in order to get, um, you know, certain sponsorships and get the same kind of attention and things like that, as the men do, you have to work hard. I mean, with anything you have to work hard, Yep. but you do have to work harder to ensure that you're being seen as well and to ensure that you're getting what you deserve. So, I mean, it's just a matter of kind of knowing the right people, making your connections, working harder and just basically showing up. It's important to show up, get your work done, um, you know, be at the important meets and have the right agents. You know what I mean? And I think it's important that you said that in terms of showing up. Um, A lot of jobs that I've done, it's very much in a male dominated environment. And, you know, people would say, you know, Kim, doesn't that, isn't that hard for you? Isn't it? And no doubt, especially because I've been in places where it's all about numbers. Yes. So sales are very important, but it's always like, you know, how, how do you deal with it? And for me, it was just, I showed up. up. Yeah. I showed up and I did the job and I know that obviously, you know, 
yes, I had something to prove, but not more so to them, but to myself. So I think that's such a key piece in in knowing that you have to show up in every situation situation. and people will respect you for what you bring to the table. Exactly. Whether a woman or a man. Yes. Of course, like sometimes as we know, and whether it's in business or whatever it is, I mean, I do believe that in the in the career feels a bit different. Like when you're in sports, we compete with other women, right? Like we're not competing against men, you know, in certain sales fields or corporate, it's men and women competing together. Mm -hmm. And so Shaquille is very, it's very different, right? Like we're all competing together. We're all trying to get into the final spots. Um, So um, a bit less, stressful than yeah. what you know you've had to deal with um but it's just a matter of just showing up you know numbers don't lie your times don't lie your meters when you jump mm. doesn't lie and so that's yeah. like the great thing about individual sports is that you, they can't cheat your time yeah right like what it is is what it is yep and you know one of the things you just said i always use that men lie women lie but numbers don't no, lie <laughs> i always stand by the numbers girl i do i stand by the numbers 100%. um but you just have to be very aware of yourself and i think that sometimes the struggle that we face is that we start looking at male female and what i love the most about sports right. or training for me in general is that when we go through adversity together, it humbles us. Of course. So there's no ego. There's no pride. Right. Right. So, you know, we're, we're all on the same playing field. We've all been there together. Oh, yes. So that's one of the things I really, really love about um, definitely training. Definitely. And, and I'm sure it shows up in the athletic world oh, as well. Right. Definitely. So tell us about a time, Tabby, where you just felt like, you know what? I had enough. Oh gosh. Ah, uh, she's like, oh my gosh, too many times to count. Which one do you want? But tell us really about that time where, you know, you felt like you had enough, you just wanted to give up and you know, this wasn't just for you anymore. Yeah. So two instances and, and it was two instances where the first instance. So for example, Olympic year, 2008, um, I actually had like a, just a small knee surgery. I had my knee scoped. So I had some issues with like my, um, my knees. And so it was a year to compete and two year to qualify. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this happened, like, you know, so my knees were like really bad and had to get a knee scoop. And I was like, man, like this is Olympic year. How am I going to qualify? But this might be my last chance. Mm -hmm. And so it was super stressful, just kind of understanding. So after surgery, when do I train? How am I going to get stronger? If I can't come out and work hard, when am I going to compete? When will I make standard? And so it was a stressful time and it was kind of like, oh man, like, do I just wait till the next year? Do I just kind of, you know, give up now and you know, you kind of make those excuses for yourself, but that was the year where I worked super hard. And although I had the knee surgery, I was working on every other part of my body, doing everything that I could do to maintain my strength, maintain my speed and so on and so forth. And that was the year I qualified for the Olympic games. And so I faced adversity, but in the face of adversity, I was able to knock it right down and kind of, you know, go after my goals. Um, when I got injured again in 2000 and, um, 2011 or 2010, um, that was a hard one because there's times you can come back and there's times that you might want to wait it out, you know, take two years to get back strong again. But my injury was so bad and, um, it would have been very difficult to come back as I was before, you know, in a short period of time, it would take me some years. And so at that point I faced, do I continue on and see where this takes me or do I, you know, say goodbye to track and field and move on to the next step of my life. Right. And what's hard for many athletes is sometimes it's like, what else am I going to do? But at a very young age, especially university, I always knew I always had a plan A, a plan B and a plan C. And sometimes 
it isn't a good thing because if you're always focusing on different plans, you can never focus on just one, right? And give your all. Yeah. But anything can happen to you in sport. Everyone doesn't make it in sport. Everyone doesn't go to the Olympics. Everyone doesn't compete professionally. And so when I got injured, as stressful and as sad as I was, it was kind of like, you know what? This was so lovely while it lasted. And although I wanted to do so much more and I had so much more in me to do, I just felt that it was time for me to say, you know what? On to my next journey. And so, of course, people say, you know, why did you give up so easily? Like you gave up. Mm-hmm. And then part of it, like, let's be honest, part of it may have been giving up, but part of it was, you know what? I was ready to just be on with it and to do something new and to start something else um, and to move on. And, and that's what I did. And do I regret it? No, not really. Do I think about, you know, what could I have become if I stayed in it and maybe was patient all the time? Right. But I am about moving forward. And right now I'm in a place in my life that I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm, so, I'm doing my fashion, which I'm so excited about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And after track and field, I went to the corporate world. You know, I got my master's in industrial relations. I worked in marketing. I worked for Coca-Cola for Monster Energy. And really and truly, at least I got to see those, that side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. From being an athlete to going into corporate. Not for me. You know, like I always felt like that was the way to go is I want to work for it and climb this corporate ladder. I want no part of it. But at least I got a taste of that to see what it's like to work with people, work, have a boss and all those things. And now it's like I'm taking that mentality from when I was an athlete. I was, I was my own boss almost, you know, to now into my fashion line, to my own fashion business. And this is where I need to be right now. And I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I've never been, honestly, I've never been this excited about something in my life. So. Wow. So, I mean, you just gave us so much there, like so much because, but I think one of the key pieces that you just highlighted is the fact that as an athlete, you had another plan. A hundred percent. And sometimes even people that are not an athlete, they tend not to have a plan B. Oh, for sure. And it is something for me in coaching that I've done with so much staff throughout the years and clients that I work with. I always say to people, what, what else? Because one thing I know for sure, one thing I know for sure, I'm going to quote my, one of my favorite mentors out there is that it's not going to be one thing that's going to take you to where you need to go. You need multiple streams happening for you at a time. And, you know, one of the things in working with athletes myself that I found is that when they, their mind is so set on the limelight, the the accolades, walking into a space and people recognize you as somebody. Definitely. And then all of a sudden it's like someone pulls a rug from underneath your legs And you don't have that platform anymore. Right, for sure. What now? What now? Yeah, that's a lot of athletes say that. A lot of athletes say that what now? And hence why there's so many athletes still in a sport that they they really Uh shouldn't be there, right? It's they could be they could be flourishing somewhere else. Use that create whatever it is, creativity, a business plan, or whatever it could be. Mm -hmm. But you're right, it's almost like you're you're nervous. Yeah. You're so used to the space. Where do I go now? Who's going to know me? Yeah. Who's going to give me all these perks? Yeah. Right. Because as athletes, you get so many perks. Yeah. Right. So. And I think one of the key pieces to that is, is knowing who you are and having some sense of self. Oh my gosh. Right. Because, you know, I always say this to people too. One of the things for me in becoming an entrepreneur is I had to first get my mind wrapped around the fact that what my title was on my job was not who I am. Oh my gosh, right there. Yeah. So then (laughs) 
I can see that from an athletic perspective as well. When you're used to stepping into a space and people see you as this person and then you step into a space and then you're just John Lewis and no one knows who you are. And I had to, that was also something for me where coming into the entrepreneurship world, it was like, I'm starting from scratch and yeah, everything that you've done, Kim, means nothing because nobody knows what you've done. So true. And you've got to prove yourself again and you got to start from scratch. And you're like, well, why do I have to do this? I already do this. I can run circles around this person. Like what's going on? Right. Trust me. I face that. And so I could just see how having that plan B and having the plan C, as you said, is so critical. Um, especially more so for your, the state of your mental health, because really it's what's happening up here. That's really playing so many tricks on you. A hundred percent. So talk to us, Tabia, about a little bit about your support system. Oh, for sure. I've had an amazing support system. So nothing but support from, from at a young age, even till now, you know, um, amazing parents who support everything that I do, Mm -hmm. you know, like no matter how stressful things are, whether it's financial or whatever it is, I have that support to try different things. So I'm, I'm really fortunate in that sense is that, you know, what's next? You know, mom, I want this to do this, this endeavor, dad, I want to do this endeavor. Okay. What do you need? So I've always had the support where I can try different things and not worry. Right. And that's also helped me as well in trying new things, starting new things, having a plan B, having a plan C, you know, parents are like, you know, I go to school, I went back to school, mm-hmm. you know, why don't you try something new? And so a support system is so key. And this is why as well, like why a lot of people, they, Sorry, they don't have a plan B. They don't have a plan C because who else is fostering that, right? They don't they yeah. have family members or friends. Mm-hmm. You know, you're seen as this one person. You're an athlete. You're an athlete. But there's so much more to life. And being an athlete was just one part of my life. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't quite define me. And so that's why I was able to kind of, you know, part ways with it, feel good about it, and move on. I think you mentioned a critical piece there in terms of it didn't define you. Right. And... That's what we tend to do. We tend to let our positions in life define us. So that was key. And I think obviously for yourself, having such a strong family network obviously helped to really shape you and form you. And your your part as being an athlete was just literally a part of you, but not you. Exactly. Just part of the journey. Like that's one aspect of who I am, you know, like. I love to travel. I love to design. I like to create. There's so many different avenues about me. And I mean, of course, all may not flourish the same, but there's so much more to me than just Tabia, the athlete who, you know, broke Canadian records. That's just one part of my journey. And, and I love it and I appreciate it for what it was. And then on to the next, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So we're having such an intimate, great discussion with Tabia. Collins today. I missed the Charles. Tabby and Charles Collins in there today. We are going to take a quick break and we will be back shortly. Tired of being tired? Seeking to build your self-confidence? Are you feeling uncomfortable in your skin? It's time to move with Kim. Studies have shown that in this era of exponential growth of the metabolic syndrome and obesity, lifestyle modifications have been proven to be one of the most effective ways to improve your health and quality of life. Let's chat about your goals and how we will get you there. Send your inquiries to hello at kimniles.com. 
www.thrivingmentalhealth.com and let's start conditioning your mental and physical health today. We are back and we have the beautiful Tabia Charles Collins here today and we're having a great conversation today. And, you know, on, when, we le- when we left off, we were talking a bit about support systems. Yes. And I wanted to kind of delve in a little bit more to mentors and coaches that you've had and how they have played a great role in your life and in your career now. Definitely. I have been extremely fortunate to have had some great mentorship. Um, along the way, Um, from coaches to when I was in elementary school to high school, all of my coaches have played a great role, a major role in my success, my life success, my athletic success. Um, I was lucky enough that they all want best for me. You know, sometimes you have coaches that it's kind of like their own self-interest, but Mm -hmm. it was always about making me better, being where I needed to be, to become better, having the right environment. So I have always admired them and I'm still friends with them today, which is a great thing. That's amazing. Um, and so even after track, they were still super supportive in my endeavors, um, which was lovely. So my coaches were great mentors, like from, you know, from like I said, elementary school to university, um, to my professional coach, um, just honestly, without them, I wouldn't have gone to where I gotten. And so um, I've been extremely uh, thankful for that. Um, my biggest mentor to be honest are my parents, you know, like they hard workers, hard workers. They take chances in life. Um, they're all about just trying new things. And so this is where I get it from as well, just trying new things, being adventurous, um, not being afraid to do things. So my biggest mentors, I would say, are my parents. Um, also just friends around me who have been very successful. I, I have a friend, um, she um, is a sexologist and she has- What an interesting yeah, job. Yeah, right? <laughs> She's hustled for years, hustled for her goals, hustled for her dreams. You know, when people told her, like, you know, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you're not making money from it. Like, and she hustled just doing a million and one things, went out to LA, um, just took a chance and, you know, struggled for a bit as well. And so I honestly look to her to, to as a real life person to show mm-hmm. that if you believe in yourself, right, you have to invest in yourself. And it may take five years. It could take 10 years. But if you truly believe in your brand, what you have to offer, you have to work hard. So she inspires me big time because she's such a hard worker. You know, she did odd jobs here and there to survive. And now she's like living out her dreams. You know what I mean? So um, I've had friends who inspire me and my parents inspire me. My siblings inspire me. Um, And so, yeah, my biggest mentors, I would say, are just family and friends, close people. I don't really look to, you know, people on TV or things like that. Um, just real life examples of you know, that I've you know lived with and I've grown up with and, and that sort of thing. So in mentioning that your parents were such a big influence yes. over you for mentors, were there ever coming from obviously a Caribbean household, right. <laughs> you know, the law is the law. Were there ever, what were some of the things that you look back now, now being a mother, right. what were some of the things that you look back at now and uh-huh. you understand now? I understand. Now? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So my parents, I didn't have strict parents, right? And also I'm the last of four, so they probably just were super easy on me because they were tired. Mm-hmm. But I totally understand now, like, why my parents were kind of judgmental about who I kept as friends. Oh. You know what I mean? Um, I want to be like that too. I want to be very sure that my kids are around quality people, you know, who care about them, who care about themselves. You know, you want to be, be around people who have goals for themselves. Yep. And so now I look back, my parents be like, you know, why is his pants down to his ankle? And why is his friend not going to school? And why, 
And I get it because you are the company you keep. And so my parents were always pushing that from a young age that you will become like those around you, of course, right? Like you're around them most of the time, you're, you're, you're being leisure with them. And so I totally get it now why they say, you know, you are the friends you keep. Mm-hmm. Be yeah. around certain people who are going to propel you in the right direction. And so that I totally get it. I totally understand now. Yeah. And I, I tell this to people all the time. You are some of the person to the left of you and to the yes. right of yes. you. Sure. And there's no questions asked. And, you know, for example, in being an athlete, right. you hung out with athletes. Athletes, right. Athletes who are motivated, who yes. are disciplined. And, yep. and you want to be like that, right? Yep. So. If I was around people who kind of, you know, whatever, like, let's not go to practice. Let's not go out here. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not, let's not go to training. Mm-hmm. Then of course, like, it's very hard to be that one person that goes the other way. You know, it's yeah. difficult. And it is. And, and it's something even in the training world for me with working with clients at times, I will tell them, they'll say, you know what, I want to make this change for myself. Right. And you can't make this change until you decide to change your environment. Your environment dictates so, so much. Right. What I love it is when I meet with people and they're like, oh no, my friends do that, but I don't do that. Yeah. Really? I really. It's so true. And you'll hear people say it all the time. You'll yeah. Hear, but honestly, it's true what they say. Like, show me your friends. I'll tell you. Or yeah. show me your, and or you look at somebody and you say, you know what? I can just tell who they hang out with. You can tell. Oh yeah. You can always tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Habits are contagious. Oh yes. Habits are so contagious. That's a good one. It's true. It's true. Habits are contagious. It may not rub off on you the first day, the second day, but give it some time and habits are contagious. Definitely. So Tabia, tell us, what is your definition of success? Oh gosh, it's such a good question because it's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday and, you know, there was a time where I thought success was going to be, you know, I'm going to, you know, be a director of a company and, you know, be in with all like the top heads. And there was a time where I thought that was like going to be success. Right. And so what success is for me is definitely accomplishing my personal goals. Mm-hmm. Right. And being extremely happy. And with happiness for me comes, you know, financial stability, you know, my health, you know, um, traveling. And so my success is doing what I love and being able to sustain a living from it right? Um, having goals and accomplishing my goals. That's what, success, that's what success is for me. And so it's just making sure that I'm constantly achieving. It makes me feel good. When I write my goals down, I have an action plan and I achieve something. And if I, even if I don't, it's, I tried on to the next, but definitely for sure. Like success for me is like just making myself happy, you know, making the others around me proud, um, and being able to work out what I love and what I'm good at and be able to make money from it. For sure, that's for, that's what success is for me. Awesome. So, would you say that in being a wife yourself? Yes. Do you feel that your success has is a partnership, a collaboration? Oh, for with sure. your partner? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I don't want to be with anybody that I can't grow and build an empire with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we work so well as a team, you know, like Dennison, that's my husband's name. Um, like when my skirt, I could tell he makes you smile. You start talking about him and all of a sudden you start smiling. Oh, for that's sure. good. I think about like, I've started so many different ventures, right? So um, a little while back I had cheesecakes, right? I was doing cheesecake. Everyone were ordering for me and Dennison would just be dropping them off and delivering the cheesecakes for me. And even with like my, my garments now, you know, like if I need him to drop them off for me, he does. If I'm busy, you know, I was working my job and if he could do it, he would drop. And he's such a big cheerleader. 
like my biggest cheerleader. You know, he'll post up all my things for me. You know, I'll try them on. He's like, oh my gosh, Tad, that's amazing. Like he just makes me feel like I can do it. And he, he excites me. He does. And so us being able to build together, accomplish our goals separately, we have separate goals, but accomplishing our goals together, such a beautiful thing. Like I, I must admit, I really do feel that, um, I am successful in my relationship and my family, such a, such an amazing husband. So, so that was a post I saw recently that you put out, um, you guys having some risque, yeah. like I saw, like, I was like, is that Tavia? <laughs> okay, girl, I see you. And, you know, you had this, 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 this post about, you know, sometimes you need to step away, step away and then get, you get back together and then you appreciate that person just that much more. and clearly that you can see that like as I said I brought him up and I could see yeah. the smile <laughs> happening which is a beautiful thing right, but right. one of the things I do especially with working with a lot of different um people through the work that I do is that I always ask them when I meet with a woman particularly I say you know how does your husband feel how does your partner feel about what you do because I believe that in if you're in a relationship and you're talking about success, I believe that that person is part of that because of you're not just in it by yourself, right. especially as an entrepreneur, your significant other has to understand what that world looks like. A hundred percent. And so because like me and Dennison are kind of, we're, we're similar, but we're also very different. So I'm the risk taker. Like I'm the kind of person who will take up our whole savings and, <laughs> and try a venture. That's me too. Right. Crazy. So Dennison's so awesome because I could be broke just trying to do my business, put everything towards him that I, that I believe in. Yeah. And he will be like, okay, Tab, I got it. Like I'll deal with all the other stuff. If I can't pay the bills, right. Because I'm trying to do a venture. I'm so lucky and thankful that Dennison will be like, don't worry, Tab. Like, I'll figure it out, you know? And yeah. so he understands if he was like me, we would have no house. We would <laughs> be on the street somewhere. Right. So I'm so thankful that he, like, I can still take my chances and not worry about, Oh, you know, I can't really do this because I have a family. No, go ahead, tab, try it, do it. Yeah. And so like that right there, I feel like I'm winning because I, I, how can I fail, right? Like yep. such a great partner who who's rooting for me. And I want to show him that everything he's done is not in vain, you know? Yep. Yeah. So such a great collaboration and the balance is there because as you said, if they were both like you, right. you guys would be no, sure. right outside. <laughs> I'm probably kind of the same way as well. So it, the balance is key oh in a, so in, in a relationship. Yes. And I think especially for women, sometimes we tend to accept certain things when, if you have big goals that you want to accomplish, right. you got to find someone that's on that team as well. That will help to bring balance Sounds to you. Too, of course. Tavia, it's been so amazing getting, I know you, but it's like right. getting to really know right. you, right? And it's like crazy that you can know someone. And then it's like when you actually sit so down far. and take the time to understand their journey, how much more. Right. How much you learned. Right. How much you thought you knew, but you didn't really know. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, now I want to get into more about Tavia. We kind of right. talked about the journey. Right. We talked about, you know, your mentors, your leaders in your life. Um, you know, we talked about your partner, how he yes. plays a part with you of in course. there. Now, how does Tavia take care of herself? Like, how do you stay holistically res resilient? Yeah. So I am a firm believer of putting myself first. So whether you have a family, you have children, 
if I don't put myself first and take care of myself, I, it's not possible for me to take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, um, traveling is like a huge thing for me. Like traveling is like, it's like life. It, I am rejuvenated when I travel, I can reset. So I travel often and which is super important for me to do. I saw that when I saw you in St. Martin the other day, yeah. I was like, <laughs> like no you? hubby, no, no child, no, no child. <laughs> What's going on? Yes. Definitely. And and my husband gets it too. Like he knows like, okay, Tammy's to travel. For sure. Like I need to do, I still need to do me. Um, having a child and starting a business, I still put myself first for everything. Right. And like I said, putting myself first, I have energy and time and love to spread all over to my family, to my friends, all my loved ones. Um, so traveling is extremely important. Um, I get massages on a regular basis. So I take time out for myself. Um, even just recently now I've been working out on like th- for three to four um, times a week. And that makes me feel so good at time by myself to work out, focus on me, focus on getting fit. Um, so that for me is important mentally for me and, um, physically, of course, mm-hmm. Um, just getting out with my friends and, you know, having time alone. Sometimes I'm just home alone. My husband will go, you know, visit family. He'll take our son and I can just have a glass of wine and relax and think. There's times I don't need any music. I just want to hear my thoughts. I want to write my thoughts down. I want to think about how my day went. I want to think about what I can change. And so those are all the different things mixed together that help me, that help keep me sane and to help keep me whole for sure. I can definitely relate in terms of, you know, going, taking the time to work out for yourself. Um, for the month, for me, for the month in February, I wasn't able to work out as much. And I thought I was losing my mind. I literally thought like, I, I I mean, mind you, a lot of it is mental. Of course. Um, but I was just like, today I had such an amazing workout and I sat in my car for five minutes after, and I just felt so so good. I just felt like I accomplished that's it. Those you know, small wins. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, wow, like a real workout. Yeah. And it's just that, fe- that aha feeling where it's like, oh my gosh, like, whew, yeah. I can do anything now. You completed your workout. It was difficult, but you got through the end. Yes. The end. Yeah. Yes. One of the things I'd love to touch on is I hear from a lot of mothers and that, you know, it's hard to work out or hard to, to, to take care of themselves because they are a young mother, a new mother, yeah, yeah. or they have several kids and, you know, they just, there's, they, they always tell me no time. There's absolutely no time. Sure. Now I personally, I believe that people make time for what's important to them. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. So how do you really section out that time for yourself for sure as a new mom? A hundred percent. And that's one thing. So like, I can't speak for other mothers, right? Um, but for myself, it's, if you really want to do something, you will always find a way, always. Mm-hmm. So whether if I have to strap D'Angelo to me and run my errands and do what I have to do, I do that. If I have to wake up a couple hours early, drop off to my mom's or to babysitters, go work out and come back and get him. You do it because I really want to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really want to be fit and feel good about myself. So He's about 14 months now, and there hasn't been anything I couldn't do because of D'Angelo, because of my son. Nothing ever. I've never said, you know, I can't do this because of D'Angelo. I can't go here. You know, there was time I was going to go back to school and I was studying for a test. And whether he's there or not, you figure out a way. You always figure out a way. You use your resources. Um, there's babysitters. There's people. So 
we all choose and decide mm-hmm. what we want to do. Definitely. We choose and decide if we don't want to do something. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to say, you know what? You know, the kids, it's, it's such an amazing experience. Sometimes I don't want to go out and I could be like, man, I could just say, but I refuse to be that mother. You know what I mean? I want to show people that kid or no kid, you can accomplish. And I want to be that example for everybody. Yeah. yeah. You know, I always say to people when they, they make these excuses, cause I call them excuses yeah. and they'll say to me, you know, well, I can't, I just don't have the time. But then I look at their hair. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's, it's a couple of hours. <laughs> I look at their nails. I'm like, yes. ooh, that's nice. That's pretty. For sure. So that means that you can find the time, right? And, you know, for me, what's really important is for people to understand what just making that little amount of time for yourself does for you. Because I know the feeling that it gives me when I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, Yes. You know, just myself alone with my thoughts oh my goodness, yeah. and how important that is. So, Tabia, tell us, what were, what are two things that you wish you knew earlier and two things that you would change now? Yeah. So two things that I wish I knew earlier is that, so one of them would definitely be, I wish I knew earlier that I had time. So meaning I was always such a rush to do things. Like I want to graduate. I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. That you have, that you, I mean, we know life is short. We never know what's guaranteed, but you have time to try new things, Uh right? Like you have time to try a different venture. Um, I wish then I knew that don't rush. Like, what are you rushing for? Take your time, master a craft, try something new. And so I wish I did more of that when I was younger. Um, the other thing that I wish I knew then is that what people say doesn't always matter, right? And that's a huge one. We grow up thinking like, oh my God, like I want to please this person. I want to please. And you still want to please, I want to please my parents. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting to please people and to make people proud, but there's so much more life than what so-and-so thinks. And so I wish I knew then, like, it didn't matter what, you know, what your friends thought, or it doesn't matter what this teacher thought. It doesn't matter what this coach thought. You just need to work hard and it matters how you feel about yourself. And so those are two things that I wish back then I knew would have been less stressed out, would have put less pressure on myself, you know? Um, The other question was what- Two things you would change. Oh, two things I would change. Oh my gosh. Yes. I would change. Oh man. So, you know, you grow up, you're around certain people and, oh man, I would change the time I wasted with certain people, mm-hmm. with certain friends, yep. with certain individuals. You know what I mean? Like I, not that I regret meeting people. It's as opposed to the, maybe wasting seven years of my life, you know, along with the, a, a negative cycle would have been less time. So it takes up so much energy from your life, right? Like just negative people, negative situations. I would also change like acting out of character. So when you're younger, you want to fight with people, argue and get the last word and waste energy trying to prove a point and all those different things. You know, I wish that I knew then just walk away. Like don't entertain people. Don't let people have you come out of your character. It's just, it's not worth it. So those are Oh, for sure. Two things. Time wasted with the wrong people and staying true to myself and not coming out of character. Yeah. Awesome. 
So you mentioned earlier in terms of self-validation or validation from others, where that is something where as you get older, I believe you recognize that it's more, you need, it's more self-validation that's more important because you will never be able to please every single person. Not possible, right. Not impossible. Yeah. And as you get older, you realize that, you know, you might be making a great decision for yourself and it might affect somebody else. You know what I mean? And but you can't please people. And when you try, and I've been like that, a people pleaser, wanting to please everyone, right? Um, what's important is that I please myself. However, as I mentioned, there are people in my life that I still want to. I want to please my family. I want to please my husband. I want to please my son. I want to please. But there's times where I might do things that are best for me. It might not work for him. And, and that's fine. You come to a compromise. But self-validation is key. And when you have great self-validation, you make better choices for yourself, right? Like when you have high self-awareness, you're making better choices, better decisions, you know, that affect everybody positively. Something else key that you mentioned was, you know, you wanted, you were rushing to get everything done. And a big thing I speak to young people about is mastering one thing at a time. Yes. Because jack of all trades, master of none. So one of the things I find with new entrepreneurs is that they're trying to do this, they're trying to do this, they're trying to do that. And it's like, you cannot do all of that. And the beautiful thing is, is that when you take the time to master one thing at a time, then you become an expert in field. Right. And then you could then now it all adds up and, you know, there's transferable skills that you can use in other things. So I think that's a key piece that you mentioned is that there is time. Yes. Tomorrow's promise to no man, but you're better off to master in one thing and then continue to build a thousand percent. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. So Tabia, tell us what is a quote that you live by? Like what's a quote that I'm a big person on affirmations, hence I can and I will, if right, if if you didn't know. So what is something that you live by, like literally in the times when it's like you're down in the dumps and you're like, oh my gosh, like you need to recenter. Right. What does that look like for you? I know for me, it's literally like I can and I will. Like I, I, people will think it's like, oh my God, Kim, this is so cheesy, but (laughs) literally actually telling myself that it makes me believe that I will find a way. way, There's some, like there has to be a way there. There cannot not be a way. So literally it's, I can and I will. Got it. There's so many quotes that I live by, but one, I don't know if it's a quote or just a statement, but what always stands out to me is that you choose the life that you desire to live, Mm -hmm. right? So we often make excuses like, oh man, like, man, like I didn't get this when I was younger. You know, I never had that opportunity. I don't know people like that. But everybody, right? Unless like you grow up and, you know, of course, everyone, there's always exceptions, but I truly believe that I will be able to choose life that I want to live. Mm -hmm. And it might take longer than the next person and it might be hard work, but I truly do believe that I'm going to choose the life that I truly desire. You know what I mean? And I will not give up until I like nice things. I like to travel. I like to spoil my family and friends. And so I want to do it on a bigger scale. You know, I want, I want to work so hard and for them to see me flourish and I can send my dad and my mom on a trip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want to do, I want to live that life that I've always been yearning for, you know? And I really believe that I'm going to choose that life and I'm, and I'm working towards it to get everything that I want, everything that I deserve. 
And I will never have an excuse as to why I can't achieve certain things. So I'm going to choose life that I'm yearning to live. I love it. Like (laughs) your choices is your destiny. Yeah, 100%. It is. Like your choices is your destiny. And in working with young people quite a bit, one of the things I talk to them about is the fact that you, you have so much control and a lot of times they serve me excuses and I call them excuses because you can choose not to do that. And you could just choose to do your work. Of course. Yeah, it's true. There's two choices. You can yeah. either make an excuse or you could just do it. Right. Right. So I love that you said that, uh, just because your choices really is your end result. Is your end, is your end result. A hundred percent. Just finishing off here. What would be a piece of advice that you would give uh, a young athlete yes. and a new entrepreneur. Oh my gosh. Go for it. Like when you're young, this is the time where you have, you don't have big responsibilities. There's not much stresses. You don't have mortgage. You don't have rent. This is the time when you're young, mm-hmm. travel the world. If you can honestly travel the world, um, try, try a business venture. Um, do it now because as I mean, you can do it at any age, but make the mistakes now when you're young take a chance. I'm so big on taking risks, taking chances, doing it at a young age. You know what I mean? Like whether it's trying to get real estate, whether it's trying a new job, whether it's you want to go backpack around the world, do it when you're young. There's so much time for everything else. There's so much time for stress and for life and for responsibilities. When you don't have much of them, this is the time when you should try. Just go for it. That's, that is definitely my, my advice. Go for it. Um, try new things. As always, um, don't be afraid. Um, look to people for advice. Like look to mentors, ask questions, talk to people, because those are the people that are going to help you. Like when you have people around you that you can ask questions, learn from other people's mistakes. You know, just go for it. Awesome, yeah. Tavia. This has been absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Just your insight into getting to know who you are, know your journey, the resiliency that you had to build uh, is just phenomenal. Thanks so much. And literally you are taking it from the track to the runway. (laughs) Like, look at this jacket. Thank you. Look at this jacket. So what do people have to look forward to with Anissa? Yes. Okay. So launching very soon, I'm going to be having some jackets, blazers, some other few cool pieces and my pop-up shop is happening May 25th. And so you guys can come out, you know, come and share with me, celebrate with me. I'm getting inducted into the Miami hall of fame. Oh. So that time will be a celebration of, you know, new pieces from my line, but yes. also just accomplishments that I've, you know, I've gone through my life and yeah, looking forward to just new unique pieces that I want everyone to feel amazing in when they step out. Okay. Um, but just look for, look for a tab. You look for Anissa. Um, I will be out here just growing and hopefully flourishing even more. Okay. Yeah. And how can our viewers find you? Yeah, so my website is www.anisabytabiacharles.com. I am on Instagram. You can find me at Tabia Charles Collins. And so on Facebook as well, Tabia Charles Collins. So I'm all over social media. And you got YouTube too. Yes, how did I forget that? Right? My little family channel. <laughs> and on YouTube, The Collins. You'll find me, my husband, my our son, just acting a fool. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tavia, for joining us today. This has been amazing. And thank you all for watching. Stay tuned for more of our amazing shows while we feature Make Your Mark mavens in our beautiful city. Until we see you again.
You've been listening to the Make Your Mark podcast. You can visit our website and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at makeyourmark.ca. And please subscribe, rate, and review.